Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. Greetings, Encounter family. Welcome to Encounter at Home once again. What exciting news we just heard. You know, we've been praying for a new building for nearly two years now. But God is really exceeding our expectations in all of this. This new venue we're going to be moving into has so much potential for growth. And right now we have lots of money to raise and lots of work to do to prepare this new venue for Encounter Church. So I want us to be doing three things now as a church family. Praying, giving, and preparing. I want to say that again. We need to be diligently praying for the Lord to continue to lead us in this process. We need to be generously giving and investing into this as much as we can. And we also need to be consciously preparing for the work that is to come to get all of this ready. It's going to be great. So we've got to be preparing for action. There's a lot more details to come, and we'll be giving you those details very, very soon. Well, today it is my privilege again to share a message with you from God's wonderful word. As usual, at the end of the message, I will provide a few questions to help facilitate your home group conversation or your family conversation. So let's get into it. We're starting a brand new series today, actually, but first, let's remember that for the year 2020, we have a year-long theme, solid. We're learning about biblical foundations for strong disciples. And as we've been saying again and again all year, practicing God's Word makes me strong. This month, the month of May, we're going to be learning all about spiritual hunger in God's Word. So the title of this series is crave. Tell somebody next to you on the couch or wherever you are, we've got a crave. Let's get going with it. This is Crave Part 1. The title of today's message is Essential Nourishment. Essential Nourishment. Right now, we're hearing, hearing all about essential services and essential workers, right? It's kind of something that's buzzing right now um, in society. And these are the workers and services that are basically just necessary for society to function, right? There are just some things that, that they're just necessary, right? So that, that, that's what it means to be essential, something that's absolutely necessary. And today, I want to talk to you about essential nourishment. As we begin to ponder this, I want to ask you a question, and I want you to really think about it. And right there, you can even say the answer out loud uh, to, to the people that are with you, right, or to yourself. The question is this. When you wake up every morning, what's the one thing you crave the most? When you wake up, what do you crave right away, right? Uh, another way to ask the question is, what must you have, right? What must you eat or drink to really get the day, the day going? And before the day can really, really get started, what is it, that thing that you crave the most, right? What is 
essential for you before you can really start your day. And I know that probably nine out of ten of us just said coffee, right? Most of us probably said coffee. You know, I think about this for myself. When I first wake up in the morning, the number one thing I need first before anything else is a big cup of water. I just crave water as soon as I wake up. So I typically take a big, big, big cup of water and then, yes, a couple of cups of coffee. I need those things in order to really get my day going. What is that for you? Maybe, uh, maybe it's probably coffee, right? Or maybe it's oatmeal or bacon or eggs, or I don't know, or uh, like the, uh, the commercial used to say, you need to eat your Wheaties or whatever it is that you need in the morning. I don't know, maybe you need peace and quiet the first thing in the morning before you can get your day going. But there are just some things in life that are essential, okay? And there is one thing that is absolutely essential if we're going to be spiritually nourished. Let's look into that today. Let's go in our Bibles to Matthew chapter 4, and we're going to read verses 1 through 4. Here we go. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came to him. You know what? Because the devil always tries to get to us through our cravings. So Jesus was very hungry, and it says the devil came to him and said, If you're the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No. The Scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Every word that comes from God's mouth, that's what we live by. The main takeaway today is this. Are you ready for it? I hope you're ready for it because here it goes. There is a hunger in the human spirit that can be satisfied exclusively by the voice of God. I want to say it again, and I want you to be thinking about it through this message. There is a hunger in every human spirit that can be satisfied exclusively by the voice of God. The voice of God is essential nourishment. So, today as we look into this, I want to talk to you about a simple recipe, okay? Essential nourishment to satisfy this spiritual hunger that we all have there's really a simple recipe for it, and it really has three ingredients. There are three ingredients found in God's Word that we're going to take a look at. Actually, these three ingredients that I'm going to teach you about today literally are the Word of God. I'm going to talk to you about three words that mean the Word. When you read in the Bible, when it says the phrase, the Word or the Word of God, it's one of these three words, okay? Every time you read word, it's not the same word. Remember, the Bible is in Hebrew and Greek, right? But every time you read the word of God, in the word of God, the word, there's several words that mean the word. So I'm going to give you three words that mean the word of God, and these are the three simple ingredients that we need to satisfy our spiritual hunger, our craving, right? The first one is this. 
The first word that means the word is number one, graphy. It's probably pronounced graphe or something like that, but for the sake of American English, we're going to call it graphy. Graphy literally means the written word, okay? The written word. Words written down on paper or a scroll or in a book or now most likely on a screen. But the written word, literally, graphy is the Bible itself, the written word of God. How do I use it? So it's important when we learn about spiritual things, not just just learn principles or ideas, but we need to learn how to practically use it. How do I use the graphy? How do I use the written word of God? Very simple. Read it. How do I use the written word of God? Read it. Reading your Bible every day. It's something we talk about so much here at Encounter Church, the power of daily Bible reading, because we really believe that there is power in reading the Word of God every day. So, you know, I really want to encourage you, if you don't have this discipline, to start it. And if you do have this discipline, to keep it up. Make it a daily habit to read the graphy, to read the written Word of God, to read the Bible on a daily basis. I would even encourage you as you read the Bible to write it out sometimes. Write down scriptures because that helps to learn what we are reading. In fact, kings in the Old Testament had to do it daily. Let's take a quick look. Deuteronomy 17, 18, verses 18 and 19 say this. When he, or a king, sits on the throne as king... He must copy for himself this body of instruction. It was referring to the law of Moses, the the, the word of God, right? He must copy for himself this body of instruction on a scroll in the presence of the Levitical priests. He must always keep that copy with him and read it daily. He must read it daily as long as he lives That way he will learn to fear the Lord his God by obeying all the terms of these instructions and decrees. Kings in the Old Testament, they didn't just have to read it daily. They first had to transcribe it. They had to write a whole copy of the Word of God. And then they had to keep that copy with them and read it on a daily basis so that they could be a good king. You might be saying, well, I'm not a king. Well, do you want to be a good leader? Do you want to be capable and qualified to lead your family, to lead your business, to lead maybe in ministry, to be a leader in your school, just to be a leader in society? Remember, we all lead somebody somehow. We all have some sort of influence over other people. If we want to be good leaders, whatever sort of leaders we may be, it's so important that we read the Bible on a daily basis basis. It'll make us good leaders in our different spheres of leadership. Daily Bible reading is a must. As we look back to Matthew 4, we just read about Jesus' temptation. It's very obvious that Jesus had read the scriptures because he knew what to say, right? He knew the scriptures in order to be able to respond to the enemy's temptation. That's because, um, He had read the scriptures, right? He knew the word of God. 
We need to read the scriptures. We need to read the word, the graphy, the Bible, so that we can be prepared to resist the enemy just like Jesus did. Are you ready to resist the enemy when he comes to tempt? Read the Bible every day and you'll be prepared. So the first word in the word, that means the word, the first ingredient to satisfy our spiritual craving or spiritual hunger is graphy. It's the written word of God, daily Bible reading. The second one is the word logos. And logos, see, graphy is the written word. Logos is understanding of the written word. Logos means understanding the word of God. It's literally where the word, we get the word logic, right? Or logical, logos, logic. What, 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 what do I mean by this? Well, logos is the idea or the ideas and the principles that we find in God's word. It's not just the written words, but it's as we take those written words of God and we put them together, we see God's ideas and his principles, a.k.a. the truth. Logos is the truth found in God's word. It's understanding the principles and the truth in God's word. So if Logos is understanding God's word, how do I use it? How can we use Logos? Learn it. How can we use graphy? Read it. How can we use logos? Learn it. What do I mean by that? We need to understand the principles in God's word. We need to get to know the truth. See, we shouldn't just mindlessly read the Bible. We should study the word of God so that we can be equipped with a proper perspective, right? We shouldn't just mindlessly read the Bible every day because it's just something we do, right? We should truly study it and understand it so that our perspective can be formed based on God's word, the understanding of his word. 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17 says, All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we, we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. See, when we do more than just read, but we actually understand the word, when we actually extract the truth found in God's word, we'll be prepared and equipped and trained to know right from wrong and to be able to live a life that brings glory to God. It's so important not to just read the word, but to understand the principles found in the word of God so that we can be equipped for every good work. Again, looking back to Matthew chapter 4, Jesus was tempted, but he didn't just know the word of God. It's, it's obvious that he, that he had read it, right? But it's also obvious that he understood the principles found, the truth that, that God's word contained, and that equipped him to triumph over the enemy's lies. If, if, if Jesus had not understood the truth of God's word, he wouldn't have been equipped to confront and beat the enemy when he came at him with the lies, right? So 
The question is, am I equipped to overcome the enemy's lies? I need the logos. I need to learn the principles, the truth found in God's word. We read the graphene, the written word. We understand the logos like we learn the word, the truth in the word. And finally, number three, and this is the biggie right here. We have graphy, we have logos. But the third word that means the word of God is rema. And this is the spoken word. Graphy is written. Logos is the understood idea. Rhema is the spoken word of God. In other words, the voice of God. Rhema is the voice of God. See, it's not just about what God said. It's so important to know what he is actually saying. It's good to know what God said. That's why we read the word and understand it. But we also need to know what is God saying right now? Rhema, present tense. What is coming out of the mouth of God right now? Jesus said man doesn't live just by food, by bread, right? Man lives by every word that is coming out of the mouth of God. Not just the words that came out of his mouth. What's God speaking right now? Now, what words are proceeding from his mouth? What is the voice of God saying today? That's the rhema word of God. How do we use it? We use the graphy by reading it. We use the logos by learning it. How do I use the rhema? Hear it. We have to learn to hear the voice of God through the scriptures, right? Although it's essential to read God's word and understand it, it's not enough. I need to hear God speak to me. You need to hear God speak to you. We've got to learn to listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying through the scriptures. One thing I always say is, Let the Holy Spirit read the Bible to you. Don't just read it yourself. Let him read it to you as you read it. Listen to what he's saying as you read the Bible because we need to hear every word that's coming out of the mouth of God. A lot of times when I begin to read the Bible, I'll pray something like this. Maybe you could pray something like this. Lord, I don't want to just read and understand. Speak to me. I don't want to just see your words with my eyes. I want to hear your voice with my heart. I don't want to just listen to the preacher preach. I want to hear what the Spirit is saying through the message. Rama, the voice of God. What is God speaking and saying right now? It's his spoken word. Hebrews chapter 12 verse, uh, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, pardon This is the amplified version. It says like this. For the word of God is alive or living and active and full of power, making it operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating as far as the division of the soul and spirit, the completeness of a person. 
and of both joints and marrow, the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of the heart. You guys, the Word of God is alive. It's active. It's doing something. It's not just in the past. It's not just something we understand up here. The Word of God, Jesus Christ himself, is the living Word of God. So when I hear God speak, it's literally the Lord Jesus Christ, the living Word of God, operating in my life. It's the life of Jesus living in me. The Word of God, I love how it says that it, it's, it, it's operative and it's effective and it's energizing, right? Man, when I think about it, it really encourages me that the Word of God is effective. In other words, it works. The Word of God really, really works, and we need to see it that way. It's more than just reading, understanding, and even hearing, but we've got to learn to do what Jesus did. What we hear God speaking, we've got to believe it and confess it. This is exactly what we see Jesus doing as he's tempted in Matthew chapter 4. He understood the principles of God's word. He believed what his father said. He believed every word that came out of the mouth of God, but he also confessed it. He spoke it. This is such an important skill that we don't only that we learn not only to hear but to speak. We hear what God says and then we say it out loud, right? There's such power in speaking and confessing the word of God. It gives us great power over the enemy. And in fact, speaking the word of God, remember, he's the creator. It even has creative power when we learn to speak and confess his word. Why? Because the Holy Spirit will perform the word of God if we'll confess it. If we'll believe and confess what God says, the Holy Spirit will perform that word. Uh, again, finally there, we, we, we talk about Jesus' temptation in Matthew 4. He certainly understood, he certainly believed, and he spoke the word of God. Therefore, the word of God was fulfilled in Jesus. And if you will read, understand, right, hear the voice of God and confess what you believe, God will perform his word in you. Just like we see the example in Jesus, he will perform his word in you. We've got to learn to hear the voice, hear the rhema, and speak the word. So in conclusion today, I'm going to go back to what I said in the beginning is our main takeaway for today and as we start this May series, Crave, this is it. There is a hunger in the human spirit that can be satisfied exclusively by the voice of God. We need to read the graphy. Come on, read the Bible. Learn the logos. Get that understanding. And hear the rhema. Hear God speaking to us today, now, in our current situation, in the midst of our circumstances. God wants to speak to you. 
He doesn't just want you to see his words on a page or on a Bible app screen. He even wants you to more than just understand what you read. He wants to speak personally to you. He wants you to hear his voice. In fact, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. You can hear the voice of God. I promise you, if you'll read the word of God and listen, the Holy Spirit will speak to you. You will get rhema, the voice of God, the spoken word of God. He wants to speak to each and every one of us. This is our essential nourishment. It's the only thing that can satisfy spiritual hunger. Just before we go, I want to invite everyone today who's listening, if you've never been born again, you may have heard this message and all about the Word of God, and that's great. You know, one of the most amazing things the Bible says about the Word of God is by His Word, He gave us new birth. This Holy Spirit literally takes the Word of God that we hear, and He causes it to literally change our heart or give us a new heart and he calls it the new birth we've been given new birth by his word that's what the bible says you need to be born again if you've never turned away from your sin and turned your heart over to god if you've never received jesus christ as the lord of your life you can today he loves you he paid the price by going to the cross of calvary to forgive you he rose from the grave, defeated death to give you and me a new life and everlasting life. But you must confess Jesus Christ as your Lord. He's the Lord, but is he your Lord? If today you will believe in your heart in what Jesus did on the cross, believe he's risen from the grave, and confess Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life, You'll be born again. You'll receive a new life. You'll be saved. If, if, if maybe in the past you used to follow Jesus, but you've been far away from God, you've been backslidden, today is your day to come back to God, to turn your heart, your life back over to God, to come home to the Father's house. I want to pray with you right now. If you need to be born again, receive Jesus as Lord. If you've been backslidden and you need to come home, I'm going to pray a prayer. And like I always say, you've got to mean it. You can use my words, but I encourage you to use your own. Pray your own prayer and mean it with your heart. Something like this. Lord Jesus Christ, you're the King of kings, the Lord of lords. You're the living word of God. Today, I believe that you came, you went to the cross, you died in my place, to pay the price to forgive my sins. You rose from the grave. You defeated death to give me a new life. Today, I turn away from my sins. I turn away from this world, and I turn my heart and my life over to you. Jesus, today, I believe and confess you are my Lord. Save me. Today, I am born again. And if you've been backslidden, Pray something like this. Today, I come home. I'm sorry. 
I've been living far away from you, God. Today, I turn my heart back to you. I turn away from my sins, and I come back home to you, Father, today. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, if you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord, if you were saved today, if you were born again today, or if you were backslidden and you came back home today, you know, I'm glad you may have prayed a prayer with me, but we would like to get in touch with you and personally pray with you if that's okay. So if today you received Jesus as Lord, if you were born again, or if you were backslidden and came home, we'd love to talk to you and just pray more personally with you. So if that's you, if you would, please text the word saved. That's right, S-A-V-E-D, saved, like I'm saved. Text the word saved to the number that's going to appear there on the screen. And one of our church leaders will be in touch with you personally to pray more with you, to answer any questions you may have. Again, text SAVED to that number on the screen, and we'll get in touch. Just before we go, a couple of application questions for your encounter at home group or your family discussion, whatever you may be having. First question, Logos. What did you understand from God's Word today? What did you understand from God's Word today? Logos. And number two, Rama. What do you hear the voice of God saying today? What is God speaking? What is his voice saying today? I'm going to take a few minutes and talk about that in your home group or with your family. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.